Hello and welcome back to Soundcheck. This is Luke from Support Act. And today I am joined by Kath Harrity. Hey, Kath. Hi. Thanks for Hi. having me. Thanks for being had. I'm glad that you could join us. Now, Kath, full disclosure, you used to have a fairly significant role with Support Act. Isn't that right? No, I used to sit on the board. You did? I had the honour of sitting on the board. Ooh. How long were you on our board for, Kath? Six years. Quite some time. Indeed. Uh, so it must feel pretty special for you right now seeing, I mean, obviously it had to come out of the toughest of times, but Support Act is in a fairly crucial role at the moment. It is indeed. And I, I think it couldn't come at a more important time for the music industry and uh, for supporting uh, music professionals and artists who need that support in, in such a, you know, such a tumultuous time. Yeah, most definitely. And before we proceed any further, I want to uh, make everyone aware that if this conversation brings anything up for you, or if you're just struggling in general, make sure you uh, call the Support Act Wellbeing helpline on 1-800-959-500. There are qualified mental health practitioners and financial counsellors who have experience of working with people within the music industry, whether you be artist, crew, or work within uh, management, label, independent, all the way to uh, a major. So they're waiting to take your call. Um, so yeah, first of all, Kath, I thought it'd be great for you to, you know, bring people in on your journey within the industry. Where have you come from and where are we all at now? Mm, well, I, I started uh, in, my, in my early 20s, which is some time ago now, Luke. Um, <laughs> And I started in street press um, at Impress, that uh, the, the uh, wonderful street press magazine that, that used to exist um, as a contributor. So I used to write reviews and, and feature stories and also volunteered at 3RRR and uh, did lots of uh, graveyards and fill-ins and produced a bunch of shows for them and um, was was very involved in in community radio for a while there and and through that um, that association I uh, was recommended for a job uh, with a guy called Michael Parisi who um, is a very well-known uh, industry figure and at that time was the um, the head of A&R at Water Music um, and he hired me to be his A&R assistant I started working with him there and I worked with his roster, um, Regurgitator, the Super Jesus. Um, uh, there was a, a bunch of others that, that we worked with at that time. And he then uh, was offered to start a small uh, label imprint uh, through the newly uh, merged Festival Mushroom Records um, back in, in 2000 uh, and called Sputnik, Sputnik Records. And he uh, then brought me over to work on that imprint with him. And he and I worked on a number of artists, including 28 Days and Motor Ace um, uh, and a bunch of others, Machine Gun Palacio. And from- Is that my youth right here, Kat? Yeah, are you? Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, it was a really- all The bands that I was going to see when I was uh, finishing up at school. Yeah, no, I feel, I feel like, like casting my mind back and trying to, you know, think of think of that time. It feels like it feels like a dream, you know. It feels like a a a, a memory, um, or it feels like something that didn't really exist. But um, yeah, I feel very very lucky to have had that opportunity, and I learned a lot from him. And I worked across the Festival Mushroom roster and um, worked with uh, amazing A and R people like Steve Cross. Um, at the time, and and Michael, uh, 
and Mark Opitz even at that time was still um, transitioning uh, from Mushroom and, and, I, and Peter Carpen. And I got to work with, with all these incredible people and I learned a lot. And, uh, and eventually uh, I was promoted to an A&R manager and I started to sign my own artists. Um, and that's uh, how uh, I met uh, a band called Eskimo Joe. And uh, seven years later, after I had um, completed my journey as an A&R manager, and through that journey, I signed George um, Eskies, uh, a gyroscope, um, and a couple of others, and worked across a roster of really interesting artists and had some incredible, incredible experiences, both in the studio and um, outside of the studio. Uh, I decided to leave and manage and Eskimo Joe um, asked me to manage them. And that was just as Black Fingernails Red Wine, um, the, the big album was about to be released. And, uh, and then, you know, as the story goes, here I am 14 years later, still managing with a roster of artists, producers. Um, I've got an author as well. And uh, I've had an incredible experience and I've had the ability to be able to contribute from an advocacy perspective by sitting on various boards, including Support Act, um, Music Victoria, Community Broadcasting Foundation, and have, uh, uh, yeah, have, have lots of really excellent, excellent um, experiences. So, yes. Yeah, brilliant. So, what, what, just to dig deeper into the management stuff, I mean, you're working with AAM now, the uh, Association of Artist Managers. But what is it about management that you really loved? That brought, that, that yeah. helped you in that career for as long as, it, as you were, weren't still in? Yeah, I, I, for me, it's, it's, it's both about uh, the creative output of the artists that I work with mm -hmm. um, and being able to see that uh, up close and personal and also about the relationships that I have with those artists. Um, for me, artists like Eskimo Joe or Jebediah or Bob Evans, who I've been working with, I've been working with those artists now for a really, really long time and they become like family. And uh, you, you experience, you know, all, all, of their, um, all of their professional highs and lows, but you also experience a lot of their personal highs and lows as well. And uh, you are, as a manager, artist manager, probably the closest person to those people mm. um, than pretty much anyone else in the process. The most constant person in their lives. Yeah, and so, you know, dealing with artists as a manager, I mean, there are lots of complexities that go with managing another person's career, I imagine. Um, what are some of your insights in, as a manager and for other managers who are watching you know, around how you uh, manage the highs and lows of an artist's career? I think it very much depends on the artist um, and the approach. And I think uh, there's a lot to be said for having lots of different experiences uh, with different artists over periods of time. For me, learning from those experiences and coming across different situations which have been challenging or indeed celebrating wonderful outcomes, um, you begin to form an impression of the best way to approach um, all of these different 
experiences with an artist. Um, but I think it's getting to know that artist and getting to know them and the way that they tick and psychologically how they work and how best to actually approach them and to actually communicate with them, I think, as well. And that, that just comes from spending time um, and listening and beginning to understand what it is that they need from you as an artist manager as well. Okay, so that depth of experience that you've got, the, you, those experiences you can draw upon when working with an artist. And I guess that's driven a lot of the work that you've had, which is with your you know, more recent passion with AAM. Um, maybe you can explain why AAM is so important and, and what changes it's making to the management industry. Mm, well, the Association of Artist Managers is the peak body for artist managers in Australia. It's affiliated with... Uh, the International Music Managers Forum, which is the international body for music managers, um, where the second biggest music management association in the world behind the MMF in the UK. We've got over 300 members and those members are made up of exper both experienced um, managers as well as uh, managers who are developing and emerging so um, there is a real breadth of experience uh, and a lot of different needs within the membership as well and I think that we um, have really um, worked towards wanting to both um, promote um, protect and also um, really advocate for our members and their artists um, over, you know, over the past number of years that the association has existed. Okay, so Support Act is obviously, you know, very dedicated towards improving the mental health uh, and well-being of the music industry. And I know that AAM has some similar programs. Uh, of note is your Gimme Shelter program. Can you explain to me what AAM is trying to do in the well-being space and specifically about Gimme Shelter perhaps? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Give Me Shelter is, is probably um, one of our, I would say, most important programs. And uh, it's a program that was born out of wanting to support artist managers, both from a mental health and wellbeing perspective, but provide them with some real um, hard, um, hard results, I guess, um, accreditations that they can walk away from with, with that really give them um, good tools that they can use every day within their their professional lives both from a personal perspective but also with their artists so the program um, has many different elements to it um, but uh, I guess two of the marquee parts of the project um, are both the mental health first aid training which um, every member undertakes and the other element would be the conflict resolution training, which um, of course comes in, you know, in handy when you're an artist manager in your everyday work. Being able to negotiate um, conflict is is a daily occurrence. Those two qualifications can go hand in hand sometimes. I, I assume. Oh, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Why do you think it's important for managers to learn those skills of mental health first aid and conflict management? Well, we know that um, both from various research projects that have been released over, you know, the last couple of years that, that there is a very high incidence of mental health challenges that artists face. Um, I think it's over 90% of mm -hmm. artists face mental health challenges. What we found too from our own members survey 
um, most recently that we've undertaken in the last couple of months is that our members also face those same challenges. And in fact, over 80% of our membership has um, face constant and daily mental health and wellbeing challenges. So putting those two, two factors together, uh, it, it seems like the logical conclusion is a, pro, a program that really um, works to both improve the mental health and wellbeing of an artist manager while also giving them the tools and the resilient resilience training really to be able to take that and also apply it with their artists then if you if you look at that scope you know that scope with one artist manager um, you could be affecting change with you know over 800 to a thousand artists when you're looking at um, 300 managers so that that's quite broad um, a broad effect yeah and and peer-to-peer -peer education is so powerful as well I mean for people like our, our managers, sorry, to be going out there and being able to share that information with other managers and encourage more managers to do that training. It's, it's incredibly powerful, isn't it? Mm, I think you, you've absolutely bang on there, Luke. I think that connectivity, that peer-to-peer -peer learning is so crucial. Um, so crucial, I, just, I think, not just within the artist management community, but within the music sector at large. I think peer-to-peer -peer learning is, is kind of key. And for us, we find that a lot of, a, a lot of what our, our members want and a lot of what, what I think artist managers want at the moment in this, this challenging time where we're facing unprecedented um, problems that, you know, artist managers automatically want to try and solve because that's in their DNA. Um, the idea that uh, you can be connected with other people who do the same thing as you is kind of paramount in in really supporting, I think, our own mental health and well-being, being able to share the information because artist management can be so um, solitary. It can be uh, very a very lonely um, profession, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we've been really trying to foster that, and I think Give Me Shelter plays into that as well. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like it's a, it has traditionally been quite a competitive industry as well, being a manager. I think, you know, where we can all combine around these issues, and it's the same with Support Act, you know, where we're within the industry, people identify with us because we're of the industry, and it kind of breaks down those barriers of competitiveness so we can unite around a singular cause. Um, Absolutely. What is otherwise quite a competitive industry. Mm, mm, I think we've definitely seen that in the wake of, of you know, COVID-19 and the way that it, it's obviously impacted our, our industry is just you know, devastating. And uh, I think the way that we've been able to um, pull together as a broader industry and, and the way we've been able to work together and share information has been um, one of the real positives to get out of this, this you know, this horrible, devastating situation. So for that reason, I think, and I hope, that that will continue and we'll see a lot more of that. And definitely within artist management, I do see that there is, there is a lot more um, of a collegiate, um, you know, approach to, to uh, our, each other, to, to our peers. Yeah, most definitely. Well, at this moment, I might re-mention our uh, Support Act Wellbeing Helpline one more time. If anyone wants to make a call to speak with anyone about their mental health, 
or their financial security, make a phone call to 1-800-959-500. We can speak to qualified mental health practitioners 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And with that said, I know, what are we entering in the week five or six now, Kath? I've got a one-year-old. We've moved into a new house. I'm starting to feel a little bit, but I still feel like, you know, I've got, I've got my, you know, measures in place about how I keep myself healthy and safe at home. How about yourself? What have, what have you been doing to try and keep yourself sane? Well, like you, Luke, I have a little, I have two little ones. I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, and, oh, you know, I have, have a partner working full-time and I work full-time and we're homeschooling as well. So as everybody is uh, at the moment, and it is a very big challenge. And I think that um, probably one, one thing that has helped us to be able to continue to, to plough forward is the um, ability to just sort of each of us separate ourselves from um, the unit just for uh, even half an hour in a day, just to take a walk around the block, um, just just to get a bit of perspective. Um, I know that there are various um, initiatives going around at the moment. I know that um, the wonderful Richard Moffat is running um, meditation and yoga sessions um, every morning at 10 a.m., which are apparently amazing, and I've been meaning to log into them, but I haven't had a chance. But it, there, are, there are many things like that circulating. Um, I, I feel like both, um, uh, I think, Headspace, and I think there's one other that um, I've come across that looks really interesting, um, Insight Timer. That's right, Insight Timer is another really interesting app um, that, you know, can provide a little bit of relief. Just going back to the uh, the walks and the disconnecting from the family unit, I don't think my dog's ever been fitter than he is at the moment. He, he's he's well he's well walked at the moment. He is. Well, that's that's good. <laughs> that's <laughs> what he's saying. The dog the dog walking and he's yeah. just prolific at the moment. He gets walked by me and then he gets walked by my wife and then he gets walked by me again and then he gets walked by my wife again in the afternoon. It's like okay, guys, I've had enough. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know if you've seen no, that video no. doing the rounds on Facebook of the dog that's standing on its back legs, like hiding behind the wall. <laughs> I think that's an absolute classic. My little poodle's probably doing the same. Yeah, happiest pets in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the irony of this whole situation is that, you know, as much as we've been separated, we've been brought together more than ever. I mean, this is probably the longest conversation that you and I have had, Kath, and yeah. you know, yeah. with the one organisation. But yeah. having said that, something like AAM is so important. How, how, do, uh, how does like a, uh, an independent manager who's working completely by themselves right now find out more information about becoming a part of your community? Yeah, of course. Um, we we welcome all new members. Um, we are very easy to find via Facebook, um, by the World Wide Web. Uh, you can look us up, uh, the aam.org.au. Uh, uh, the click of a button, you can join. Um, Not join a big scary process. You don't have to put your credentials on the table when you walk in, do you? No, no. There are three um, tiers of membership and uh, they're, they're all... Uh, relatively there's an entry level um, membership that's very easy um, and very affordable and uh, every cent that uh, you spend um, on that membership uh, fee goes back into the organization and comes back out again hopefully in, in these wonderful programs and um, lots of uh, different advocacy um, that we do. 
And it looks like the Give Me Shelter program is a fantastic program for managers in the industry. So we'll look forward to seeing more information about that in the future and what, what, what that holds. And uh, thank you so much, Catherine Harrity, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thanks for joining us on Soundcheck and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.